It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. I'm Janice Dean. I'm Brett Baer. I'm Martha McCallum, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Friday, August 19th, 2022. I'm Jessica Rosenthal. One year later, and Afghans are starving, the Taliban's grip on the country is strong, and young girls are among those suffering the most. Their future is not bright in Afghanistan if changes aren't made. They will not be able to work outside of their home. They will not be able to pursue careers. We speak with Iowa Republican Senator Joni Ernst. And Lisa Brady. They're spreading hope and help in more than 70 countries already. Now, the Tim Tebow Foundation wants to offer protection for human trafficking survivors, who are also prosecution witnesses. They need us to care enough to do something about it, to build them this protection center and, and to give them this, this freedom so that they, they can testify. And I'm Dr. Ben Carson. I've got the final word on the Fox News Rundown. It's been one year now since the U.S. withdrew from Afghanistan. And since then, under Taliban rule, the economy has all but collapsed there. Millions are facing massive food shortages. And according to the U.N. Deputy Special Representative and Humanitarian Coordinator for Afghanistan, millions are even on the brink of starvation. The Taliban has ordered women to stay home and stay covered. Girls may not receive secondary school education like high school. But some teenage girls in Afghanistan are actually still getting an education. I'm not going to abandon these these students. I can't. That's not in me. Tim Stiven is the president of the Eileen Murphy Foundation. He's my former history teacher. And before the Taliban took over, he and some of his current high school students in San Diego were doing weekly virtual lesson plans with a school in Kabul. Many of the students were girls and still are. Stiven says he was in touch with the Afghan teacher when the Taliban came in and ordered the school closed. But the teacher argued back. It's a private school, so it can remain open. Stiven is now the sole fundraiser for that school. We are staying up until 10.30 p.m., almost until 11 o'clock to stay with these girls because we can see how much they enjoy us being there for them. The students I'm seeing, there's no anger at the United States. There's appreciation. There is a desire to continue this relationship. They, they don't want to be abandoned and I will not abandon them. But Stiven, who also works with Task Force Argo, which helps get certain people out of Afghanistan through a vetting process, says the U.S. has abandoned some Afghans who fought alongside U.S. forces. They need to create pathway for deserving Afghans to leave the country. Full stop. He is in touch with a handful of students and families who desperately want to leave, but can't. Still, he says he wants lawmakers to pressure the State Department to fast track the creation of a family reunification portal. One year later, what are lawmakers doing and what are their biggest concerns out of Afghanistan now? What we have witnessed over the last year after the botched withdrawal from American forces out of Afghanistan under President Biden are promises made promises broken. Iowa Republican Senator Joni Ernst. 
one of the promises that had been made was to hold the Taliban accountable for the rights of women and girls. And the Taliban has unraveled all of these hard-fought gains that women and girls had seen over the last several decades during the global war on terrorism. And Biden played with that diplomatic recognition of the Taliban and potential coordination with U.S. intelligence and and has worked with the Taliban despite the actions of the Taliban really stripping away a number of those rights for women and girls. So that is a serious concern of mine. The president also promised to avenge the deaths of 13 service members that were killed at the Abbey Gate. And we haven't conducted any counterterrorism strikes against ISIS-K in Afghanistan, period. Those deaths have not been avenged. And then there was the promise to keep troops in Afghanistan until all Americans who wanted to leave were evacuated. And we still have Americans in Afghanistan. And so there are a lot of promises made by this administration. They have not been kept. I don't know if you saw, but our correspondent, Trey Yingst, has been in Afghanistan. He has footage from this month of babies in medical care hospital units, and they are on the brink of death from malnutrition. It is almost impossible to watch these babies and toddlers lying there listless. Um, did, did our leaving do this? And what do we do now as millions face hunger there? Our leaving really did destabilize Afghanistan. And we know with the Taliban in control, they do control all of the supplies, the food, the medical supplies throughout Afghanistan. And because they are not living up to their obligations, there are many nations that are not providing humanitarian support. Or if they are providing humanitarian support, the Taliban is taking that and dictating where it will go. Right. So, yes, um, the withdrawal did enable the Taliban to control the country. It did destabilize it. And we know that there are other terrorist organizations that are still in Afghanistan and they are still reconstituting. The Taliban has said that our killing of Ayman al-Zawari earlier this month was unacceptable and a violation of the Doha agreement, as you know. Obviously, we felt Zawahiri's very presence in Afghanistan was the violation. Um, a couple of things on that front. Does killing al-Zawari mean our so-called over-the-horizon capabilities that we were told we had by President Biden do exist and do work? We know that over the horizon can work, and this was a clear demonstration of that. And we heard from President Biden that al-Qaeda was no longer in Afghanistan when our troops pulled out. We know for a fact that wasn't true because of al uh killing. Um, but that also shows us that the Taliban was coordinating with al-Qaeda. Uh because this leader was not hiding in a cave in remote Afghanistan. He was downtown Kabul drinking coffee on his veranda, you know, in broad daylight. And so I would say the Taliban is actually the group that is in, um, they are going against the Doha agreement. So I think there is obviously some disagreement there. 
over the horizon can work if we choose to employ it. And and I don't even know if this is public knowledge. I haven't really been able to, to nail this down. So I'll ask you, where are we able to stage from if we're doing these over the horizon strikes? Is it Uzbekistan, Tajikistan? I, I, I'm still a little bit lost where, where we are. Is that is that public knowledge? Well, we we are staging in other countries. And what I could say probably publicly is that the flight hours do take a considerable amount of time. And so there is a very small window when you have a window of opportunity to strike a target, a very small window of time when you can actually conduct that strike and then have that um, apparatus return back to its staging location. So there are great distances that are being covered by these drones, by the unmanned aerial vehicles, and it's not as efficient as we would like it, most certainly. We can do better, but I can tell you that having this type of over-the-horizon capability, while we know it works and it will work if you choose to conduct it, it's still not as efficient or as reliable without having human intelligence on the ground or uh, American forces that can help guide some of those strikes. Yeah, of course. Let's talk about the finances, because I know you've commented on it. We still do have half of that $7 billion in frozen Afghan central bank Mm -hmm. funds. I know the other half was given to the families of 9-11 victims, but it seems like the prevailing thought in the administration is that releasing these funds is just too risky, that the central bank in Afghanistan cannot guarantee that this money wouldn't fall into the hands of the Taliban or maybe even other terrorist groups. I know the State Department has said they're trying to find a way to still get this money to the Afghan people. But if you don't have an organization that can dole it out and spend it like on the economy, then what's the answer here with with this money? You are absolutely correct, Jessica. Uh, There is about three and a half billion dollars that remains frozen and trying to figure out a way to provide those dollars back into Afghanistan without enriching the Taliban and having the Taliban direct where that money will go um, is very difficult. And when we don't have that coordination in Afghanistan, where we don't have eyes on what those funds would be used to purchase, what area that will go into, it's really hard. Um, I do know that there has been some pushback as well in the president releasing the rest of the money to the families of 9-11 victims, uh, there has been some pushback whether they believe um, that money should come to them or not. There's disagreement there. Many of the families don't feel that they should be taking money from the people of Afghanistan to uh, go into their, their own accounts. So it's a mess. Um, the president, again, has you know toyed with different ideas and is getting a lot of pushback. So we need to find a way to assist the people of Afghanistan, make sure that they are getting the humanitarian relief they need without going through the Taliban. Is that is that even possible? You need like a third party, right? I mean, who? what kind of third party third would the Taliban party. allow to operate? That is the question of the day. And whether it is going through non-governmental organizations or uh, through organizations like the United Nations and the World Food Bank, um, programs like that can play an important role as long as they are able to do their operations without interference from the Taliban.
Senator, I told you about the work my former history teacher, Tim Stiven, is doing. He wants lawmakers to pressure the State Department to come up with a faster way to vet and bring in those Afghans who may be deserving of coming here and for a family reunification portal. Are those things possible? Would that even be of interest? I know there may be some security concerns in some cases and bringing people over. And I know you'd also mentioned there's still a focus on even just getting U.S. citizens and green card holders out as well. I think they they are possible as long as you do have cooperation, again, from the Taliban. Um, so if there are still those that worked for American forces that are residing within Afghanistan, trying to get them out of Afghanistan could be a problem if the Taliban is not in agreement. And so once again, the Taliban is controlling who enters and who exits Afghanistan. The portal is a wonderful idea, and reunification of those families would be very, very important. And I just want to say that, yes, these things are possible, but it will take a lot of involvement, not just from Congress, but from our president of the United States, who has made many promises and has not followed through with a single one of them. So I, I just give incredible kudos um, to your former teacher and the fact that he cares enough um, to really support these girls in Afghanistan and to assist them with their, their learning so maybe they can go on to higher education. But their future is not bright in Afghanistan if changes aren't made. They will not be able to work outside of their home. They will not be able to pursue careers unless the Taliban starts recognizing the rights of women and girls in Afghanistan. Senator Joni Ernst, thank you so much for your time. Absolutely. Thank you, Jessica. Precise, personal, powerful. Is America's weather team in the palm of your hands? Get Fox weather updates throughout your busy day, every day. Subscribe and listen now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Dr. Ben Carson with your Fox News commentary coming up. What was once a discreet effort to help human trafficking victims has become a core mission of the Tim Tebow Foundation. You know, a few years ago, we deepened our fight in this terrible evil in the world of human trafficking and child exploitation. The former NFL quarterback's nonprofit group has, in partnership with other ministries, helped to rescue thousands in the U.S. and around the world. But now they're making a more specific appeal to help a certain group of trafficking survivors who need protection. It's the evolution of their anti-human trafficking efforts, one of the group's four focus areas. It was um, about a decade ago when my, my dad g- gave me a call and he was preaching at an underground pastors conference and he was leading um, these pastors in a country that um, where faith is not allowed. Tim Tebow, who's also a former pro baseball player and best-selling author, is the founder and chairman of the Tim Tebow Foundation. Where he was at, there were uh, girls brought in to be sold, and his heart was moved. And one of the reasons why he is one of my biggest heroes is my dad's not someone that, that turns and looks the other way. And so um, he took out all the money in his wallet, and he purchased the freedom of these four young girls for $1,250 
and he gave me a call and uh, when he told me I knew my eyes were opened and my heart was pricked to do something and not long after I had the chance to, to go to that location and my heart was uh, was grieved even more um, and I just knew this was an area that we were called to and I've just been constantly um, wrecked by the more that we've um, been diving in and the more that we've been trying to help and, and build safe homes and, and, and be partner with teams of rescues and education and, and restoration, the more that, um, that we're impacted and the more that we want to do and the more that we're called to do. And it's been something that has driven us to want to do more, but it, I would say it's also grieved us because it is so massive around the world. And every now and then um, our team, sometimes you feel overwhelmed and it's daunting. But then we remember how how worthy and worth it every single life is and to celebrate every single one of those lives that have been rescued and restored and, and faith, hope and love has been brought um, to them. It is so powerful. So in addition to the anti-human trafficking efforts you already have underway, the education, um, the safe homes, you're now working to build a shelter in Thailand with an even more specific focus. And this pertains to certain trafficking survivors who've not only been rescued, but are also witnesses for yes, pro- for prosecutions how did your group realize that that this need exists it's uh, with our partners, Rafa International, who we've been partners with, with for quite a while and um, with Safe Homes. Um, they got a call from the, the Thai government and Thai police saying that this is needed because um, there are girls with active threats, with death threats and even prices on their head so that they don't testify against their trafficker. And um, our partners call us and it was just something that we knew we had to step into. And so that's why this year we made it uh, my birthday campaign because this protection center is so important to the protection of already 15 girls, but there's going to be so many more um, every week and every day. Um, So it is a place where for so many of these girls who have already gone through some of the darkest forms of evil and they've been rescued out of it, but they still are in so much fear and tribulation because because they're people that are still after them. And that's why this protection center is so important. So it can give them a home, a place of refuge, a place of safety, a place to ultimately find find peace and find hope and, and restoration. And, you know, I, I share with you the stories. It would also break your heart of three-year-olds to 17-year-olds and, and all the ages in between who have gone through some of the, the darkest forms of evil. And they need us to care enough to do something about it, to build on this protection center and, and to give them this, this freedom so that they, they can testify and they also can find hope and peace in the midst of that. Is this something you're hoping to continue to do in other places, this specific type of protective environment for the survivors who are witnesses? For us, it's to do whatever we can to meet the need. You know, really, our mission statement is to bring faith, hope, and love to those needing a brighter day in their darkest hour of need. And to really sum that up, it's a fight for people that can't fight for themselves. And it is to fight for the most vulnerable. And uh, and however we can do that, however we can serve. We didn't know that we would be getting into, you know, a protection center. But, you know, their lives are worth it. They're worth us adjusting. They're worth us learning. They're worth us adapting to do whatever we can um, to be able to give them that security and that freedom and that hope. 
Your foundation also highlights the fact that traffickers will often pursue the survivors again, even after they've been rescued. It sounds like the rescue is never really the end of these stories, even if no, that ma'am. even if that worst yes. case scenario of, of being pursued again, you know, doesn't happen. That is absolutely correct. And that's one of our really big focuses is the the education is so important and the rescue is so, so important to be able to bring them to freedom. It really is. It is such a piece, but it's not the end. It's really near the beginning because then there has to be love and there has to be support and there has to be shelter and there has to be care and there has to be covering and all of those things. And so that's a really huge part of our heart is not, okay, you're in a place and then and we leave no it's to be able to put around you whatever you you need to be able to to truly find that that help that hope and that healing what are we just for anyone who may not know what are the other focuses the main focuses of your foundation and if people donate to timtebow.org what happens to their money can they pick a specific focus they can you know go to timtofoundation.org and, and check it out and um, our other areas of focus um, uh, another one of those is, is special needs care um, it's a, a, a big area that that God has pricked our heart um, to want to serve and and we do that in a lot of different ways with with schools and education with a shine on app that's a free resource to individuals families churches communities um, also one of our biggest um, special needs um, opportunities is something called night to shine which is a worldwide prom for for people with special needs now in over 40 countries around the world and um, hundreds of locations and it's so special because we also have hundreds of thousands of volunteers and that's something that that also maybe listeners might want to get involved in find one in their local area of their local church their local communities and maybe they can be a buddy or be a part of it that's an easy way to um, to be a part of it um, another area of focus for us is uh, um, children with profound medical needs so really when people are looking at it you know, the, an easy way to sum it up is if people are, are vulnerable, if people are hurting, if people have been put down, if people are less than, then those are our people. And we want to serve them. We want to love them. We want to help them. We want to do whatever we can to be able to to meet their needs. And all of us can make a difference. And, you know, I don't know where that is for every one of the listeners, but I know all of us, we can step up and step into the fight and make a difference somewhere doing something because we all have some part that we can play. Well, a belated happy 35th birthday to you because you've you've accomplished so much already in 35 years. And um, do, I would just wonder, do you have a project or a goal for each birthday like this focus on the protection house for the human trafficking well, we, survivors? We've been. Um, we, we started a few years ago and the first one was surgeries in the Tebow Cure Hospital and we've continued to adapt. Last year it was, it was multiple um, locations. It was for uh, uh, one of the special education schools we have in Guatemala. It was also for baby rescues in, in Africa and there's multiple things that we're doing. So every year it's adapted to um, however best we feel like you know with that birthday campaign we can rally and, and bring awareness to a cause but also try to meet a, a desperate need that is also very, very timely, you know, because so many of these needs are so urgent, you know, like we were talking about, there are 15 girls that are 
desperately waiting on this protection center to be built. And that's why one of our non-negotiables is our, our third non-negotiable. It's, we call it rescue mission because a rescue mission puts a timeline on it. And, and, and why we say that is because we want to live on a timeline and it's not ours, but it's theirs. It's every life. You know, could you imagine? And this is graphic, but but, you know, the average girl when she is in um, a form of human trafficking is that she gets raped 5.3 times per day. Every day matters. That's why there's urgency. That's why there's a timeline. Well, again, the place where people can find out more and to help is timtebow.org. Tim, thank you so much for your time and thank you for all of the good that you are doing in the world. Well, thank you so much for for giving me the time and letting me share. And we're just we're so grateful and uh, so grateful for also so many people that have stepped in. And, you know, one thing I just want to mention is in in this campaign, over 6000 people have been a part of it and supported it. And I just want to say that's encouraging because it's helped us raise a lot. But I think what's more encouraging is that 6000 people that want to stand on the line. And you know what? If we can get more and more people that are arm in arm, you know what? I really do think that we can push back a lot of evil together. And uh, I just think there's a lot of great people that are willing to, to, uh, to stand on the line and together we can make a big impact. Many thanks to you, Tim Tebow, and lots of luck with the ongoing campaign. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the time. News Radio On Demand on the Fox News app. Download the app and just click listen. When you swipe left, you can listen to your favorite Fox News talk shows live. Swipe right for the latest Fox News Radio newscasts on demand. Fox News Radio on the Fox News app. Download it today. Rate and review the Fox News Rundown on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. It's time for your Fox News commentary. Dr. Ben Carson. What's on your mind? Our nation is in a crisis right now. Our most basic and fundamental institutions have completely abandoned the American people. Congress spends like they have an unlimited credit card. The White House is focused on increasing taxes and gender equity. And the media has gone completely off the rails as they consistently lie and provide justification for the aforementioned insanity. However, I don't think most Americans thought we would find ourselves losing so much faith and respect for our federal law enforcement agencies and the Department of Justice. But what choice are we left with? Earlier this year, the Department of Justice attacked parents as domestic terrorists for something as basic as wanting to be involved in their kids' education. The FBI propped up a two-year-long hoax investigation on President Trump over suspected interference by Russia in the 2020 election that was rooted in lies and deception. And just last week, while violent crime steadily increases in all corners of America, we learned that the preeminent law enforcement agency of the United States raided a former president's home to apparently regain classified documents. This president campaigned on healing the nation and restoring our unity. Does anyone honestly believe that is possible right now? The Biden administration just weaponized the Justice Department against his likely future political opponent. Not only is Joe Biden not healing the country, he's tearing it apart from the seams and discrediting the institutions upon which this nation was built. This is scary. 
There's no other way to put it. Never in my lifetime did I think we would see our institutions use their power and influence to persecute or intimidate Americans with differing political opinions. If they can do it to the former president, who has the means, the ability, and the platform to fight back, how are the rest of the populace going to fare? I do believe that a majority of this country sees what's coming out of Washington and from the liberal media as wrongdoing. I just hope we're not too late. That is why when I saw the news break about the raid on the president's Mar-a-Lago home, I called on the American people to pray for this nation. We must return to one nation under God, not a nation under the totalitarian state. This is Dr. Ben Carson, chairman and founder of the American Cornerstone Institute and host of the podcast, Common Sense. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. New from the Fox News Podcasts Network. My name is Kennedy, and welcome to my podcast, which will, I humbly say, single-handedly save the world. You're welcome. It's Kennedy Saves the World. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Put the power of over 100 meteorologists and the worldwide resources of Fox in your hands with the Fox Weather Podcast. Precise, personal, powerful. Subscribe and listen now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.